We have a saying around here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no brains, no headache. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, boys. What's up? What's up? Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome to No Brains, No Headache Podcast, episode 132. I'm Jordan Weichel, a below-average comedian and podcaster from Bismarck, North Dakota, and I'll be your host today. I'm joined today by commissioner and co-host Matt Cleary. On today's show, we start out with Cleary's Comments, the segment where we banter about random things. Matt suggests some rather innovative changes for law enforcement before giving an update on his latest social media algorithm and the content he consumes. I myself got pretty worked up talking about weddings and streaming services. Then we preview our interview this week. We're throwing it back to an oldie but a goodie with our guest Weston Hartman of Mandan, North Dakota. Recorded in August 2021, the conversation centered around the life of rodeo and what it's like to live the Western lifestyle. There are plenty of laughs and even some sad moments. You'll hear about some of the most famous names in the game, as well as the heroes of the sport who maybe don't get all the glory. We loved it and we hope you do too. Thank you to Weston Hartman for allowing us to use this interview again and always being a great supporter of the show. After the interview, we finish up with Mini Helmet Fantasy Football Week 12 results and pick our lineups for Week 13. Are you not entertained? Let's say you really enjoy the show and want to know how to get even more content from yours truly and Matt. Well, a good start would be to make sure you're following us on all social media platforms for extra exclusive content we share in between episodes, which come out every single Tuesday. Don't miss any of those new episodes by hitting that subscribe or follow button for some mindlessly entertaining comedy. Episode 132 of No Brains, No Headache Podcast is a NBNH media production. Let's get it on. Okay. Let's party. No Brains, No Headache Podcast would like to welcome on a very special guest. Just a few weeks ago, he was a stranger, but we've since become friends, and now he joins an elite list of guests to come on the show. He's a professional bull rider. He's from Mandan, North Dakota. He's Weston Hartman. Thank you for joining us in studio. Thanks for having me, guys. So we brought you in because we want to talk about the rodeo life and specifically bull riding. But first, why don't you tell us how long you've been involved in rodeo, how you got into the sport, and how, you're, how you made your way to bulls and the level that you compete at now. I guess I grew up into it. My dad rode bucking horses. And my mom grew up on a farm showing horses, riding horses, going to rodeos. Um, so it's really all I've known from a young age. Um, my parents raised some bucking bulls, and uh, every year that we'd brand them, I'd just started climbing on them, I guess, after we branded them when I was about, I don't know, four or five years old. And it just kind of transitioned through there. I started riding sheep at rodeos, calves, steers, worked my way up to junior bulls, junior high rodeo, high school rodeo, and went on to college. And then I um, also team roped, rode bareback horses, saddle bronc horses, and bulls. But bulls was always just my passion, I guess. Um, what I was always drawn to the most, and that's what I stuck with after college and went professional when I turned 18, going to pro rodeos and then PBR events. Okay, so 
like most other people in rodeo, you have a bigger background because, like you said, you did roping as well, and you started all the way back, obviously jumping on, you know, the bulls you're raising, but you're doing the mutton busting as well, just like everybody else. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, some people, you know, do it just for fun, and they bring their kids to the rodeo and stuff, but I knew uh, right from the start either, you know, either make or break it right away, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do, and something i wanted to pursue so right away you just you had it in your bones you said set your goal probably as like a young kid and you're like hey i want to do this for a long time and do this professionally and you just haven't looked back since yeah exactly it's just something that stuck with me from day one so for our listeners who maybe aren't too familiar with rodeo or bull riding can you just kind of explain like the level of bull riding because you hear pbr you hear, you hear prca you hear all these different terms like how how do the levels work and like kind of where, where do you like fit into that um yeah i'd say the pbr by far is for sure the top level as far as bull riding goes how i explain it to people is uh pro rodeos you have one main contractor that supplies all the stock for the rodeo and you know they have they might have you know 30 40 different bulls and there's only going to be you know probably you know, a handful, five ones that could probably be at the PBR level where at PBR events, they bring in about six, seven, eight different contractors and they're bringing their top, you know, 10 bulls. So it's the best of the best, best riders in the world against the best bulls. But pro rodeo is a lot more guys, a lot more events, a lot more bulls, a lot more traveling. So some guys like going that route and they're more to their roots. They just grew up into the rodeo scene and some guys, you know, stick with the PBR and more money and cameras and sponsors gotcha yeah that's something i feel like people don't know about as much as that those stock contractors especially at the highest level they're bringing their best stuff because just like the riders and everybody competing i mean they don't want to look like a fool either because that's that's their product that's out there that's trying to take care of these bull riders like what's that dynamic between the stock contractors for example and riders because like as riders you want you know a good bull to ride so you can get a good score like, are they there, like, buck them off, or do they, like, how do they, do they root for you guys? How does that work? I'd say for the most part, yeah, all the contractors and riders are friends for the most part, you know. There's a few that, you know, they obviously all want to see the bulls do good. Their bulls do good and perform well, and they they like seeing a guy make a good ride on them, you know. It just shows their bull that much more. Yeah, and if they can have a successful ride on a good bull, I mean, that's, that's what everybody's looking for. Have a good ride, have a good bull, get out of their safe. So yeah. I guess that's, that's what everybody's after. Yeah. Half the score comes from the bull, how well he performs on a scale from 1 to 50, and then the other half, 1 to 50, comes from the rider, how well he matches that bull's move and in control and showing the judges, you know, that you got it in control. Yeah, I mean, hey, we, we, we know about all the stock contractors. Hell, we got a burger in studio right now. We're joined with Joe Burger. We got JD as well. Now that we got a little bit of base of your background in rodeo, and maybe gave our listeners just like a little bit of insight because not all of them maybe know about rodeo. Not all of them aren't ups- as obsessed as bull riding as Cowboy Gordon over here on this side of the microphone. Oh, boy, here he goes. He's coming out. <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to Matt. Matt has got some very interesting questions for you, and let's get right into it. Well, first off, uh, I found out today that PBR isn't like the sponsor of it. I thought it was literally sponsored by like Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yes. I, yeah, I was right. like, oh, they sponsor the rodeo. That's, a, That's pretty I, cool. I didn't realize it's fucking standard for professional bull riding. Yeah, I'm you're like, not. Oh, so I'm off to a fucking great start. Yeah, you're not the first one, I'm sure. So don't feel bad about that. And then, yeah, I was just like, I have no idea what's going on. Jordan's showing me some stuff. And I think I have a 
pretty not good handle on everything. <laughs> we went down a small portion of the rabbit hole. I went down, I showed him the YouTube video of Frank Newsom earlier, the bullfighter, and that was just a smidge of what I've watched, but I let Matt in on what I've been seeing. Does every energy drink in the world sponsor rodeos? Oh, uh, mostly Monster Energy. Um, Rockstar sponsors quite a few guys. Um, the one thing that everyone always asks is Red Bull. You know, why don't they, you know, sponsor and stuff? But I guess from Makes what sense. I heard, Red what Bull. I heard is they don't want to associate with something else that has bull in it or whatever. They want to be exclusive to, like, their Red Bull deal. They don't want to, you know, have bull riding into it or whatever. That's what I heard. That's the dumbest thing I've ever that heard. That is yeah. the dumbest thing I've Literally ever heard. Literally your name. Yeah, just because they have Red Bull in it. That's absolutely absurd. Like the opposite of guerrilla marketing. Red Bull is doing it wrong. I think we should take over Red Bull marketing and sponsor Weston alone. Yeah, I'd rock one of them uh, ski helmets that they wear at the Olympics. Can we paint a goggle red? Yeah, that's fine. I actually have a helmet question. (laughs) (laughs) Right off the bat, we're talking about helmets. So, is there rodeo bull riding helmets, or are they just hockey helmets? So, off the start, you know, when they first kind of started, guys decided, you know, maybe it'd be a good idea to put helmets on. They uh, first came out with, like, a catcher's mask, literally like an old-school baseball catcher's mask. Just Velcro's around the top of their head, and it doesn't cover your head. It just covers your face, pretty much. And that was the old-school guys. They wore that. And then they started coming out. Guys were wearing hockey helmets. And then a guy down in Texas, after his buddy got killed, come out with the Bull Tough helmets, they're called. And it was a hockey helmet shell, but the face mask was a titanium face mask. And guys still wear them today, but it's a titanium face mask kind of built for, you know, when you take an impact of a hit, it's supposed to spread it out. Well, now it's evolved to there's um, helmets called 100X helmets that are exclusively designed for bull riding. I mean, they put a bunch of, bunch of research and stuff into it, and I got one of those now. But it I, comes I with a can of Copenhagen, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's part of it. So I was just thinking, like, oh, we got to have them start wearing helmets. They have, like, one of those, like, biking helmets that just sits on the top of their head. It <laughs> doesn't really protect anything. Aerodynamic but, cone yeah. going backwards. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, like, at uh, Southern Pro Rodeo events, you don't have to. You're not required no matter what age you are. You can wear your cowboy hat if you want. And uh, But at the PBR events, they made it a rule. I think if you're born after October 94, some somewhere around there, that you have to, uh, you're required to wear a helmet now. So in the PBR, the the riding with the hat's the last of a dying breed. Oh, you wouldn't say that it's a good idea to wear a helmet when you're riding an 1,800 pound beast. For me, <laughs> I agree. But for me, growing up, that's all I ever knew. You know, I was started riding with a helmet, and I still ride with a helmet. And uh, some of them guys are just old school. You know, the older guys, they uh, they just grew up wearing a hat, and they just they couldn't put a helmet on. They just they've tried, and they don't like it, or you know they think it's a little bit heavier, or they think they can't see as good. I mean, you guys are a different breed, like to begin with, and the fact that there's guys doing it without a helmet is just I don't want to say the word dumb, but it's just what. Like, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, yeah, you're going to get in those bad wrecks where sometimes, you know, it's it's going to be what it is and you're going to get knocked out, but a lot of times it will save you. You know, it's more than likely going to save your face and a lot of surgeries. Yeah, well, and then, the, like, the bullfighters, too. It's Those guys are went down a rabbit hole of that, too, and that was awesome. Yeah, how important are the bullfighters, like, would you say, from your point of view and maybe a neutral point of view? Yeah, they're everything. I mean, they like I always tell everyone, they can save something. You know, a good bullfighter can save a, a bad wreck from happening. You know, if you have a good bullfighter to bring take that bull away from you when you fall off or get off or whatever, if he can take it away from you and avoid a wreck, it, it gets you to the next event. Rather than if you don't have one, you know, that's going to get in there and get in front of that bull and then, well, you're the bullfighter then because that bull's coming after you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think one thing people kind of get confused sometimes is the difference between bullfighters 
and oh, like I had a rodeo class. I had for absolutely sure. no idea. Because I know if you like, I'm sure I don't know them personally, but. If you called them a rodeo clown, they might get a little offended. Yeah. It's just like, what? That's not my job. That's a guy like Flint, like I was explaining to Matt earlier. They're there to entertain the crowd. The bullfighters are there to redirect the bull away from you guys, the bull riders. And if they have to, fucking take one for the team and take the bull by the horns, quite literally. Yeah, exactly. Back in the day, you know, everyone was just considered a rodeo clown way back in the old days, rodeoing and stuff. But now it's changed where they have. Uh, you know, exclusive entertainers. They have a microphone out there, and they're there strictly for the crowd and to entertain. And the bullfighters are strictly there to keep the riders safe and the animals safe. You know, after the ride's over, get them out of the arena and make sure everything's safe. But like I tell everyone, we're out there for one ride, maybe two rides a night if there's a final round. But then bullfighters are out there for every single ride, so they're in front of 40, 50 bulls a night, and we're only out there in front of one or two. So that kind of puts things into perspective. You know, their job's equally as dangerous, if not more. Are there people that, like, grow up saying, like, oh, I want to be a bullfighter? Or is it a lot of them, like, I want to ride bulls and then end up just becoming a bullfighter because they're just a different degree of crazy? There's bull, if that's exactly right. <laughs> I know a lot of them guys, a lot of the good bullfighters, they grew up wanting to ride bulls and rodeo and stuff, and they just didn't, you know, it just didn't cut out for them or work out. So they took up bullfighting, and that's just, they found their calling. But there's some guys, too, that grew up into it. Uh, you know, either their dad fought bulls or their grandpa or they had a friend or whatever. But there's there's both ends of the spectrum. I mean, it's basically like throwing yourself in front of a car, <laughs> but more dangerous because <laughs> the car moves like freaking banshee. Yeah, exactly. The car doesn't have horns on it that can stick you. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to read the read and react the situation within milliseconds, you know. It's all reaction, just like the riders, you know. Why are the bulls so angry when they come out of the gates? Uh, just them bulls are bred to buck, you know, just like races, racehorses are bred to run. I mean, them bulls know their job and some of them have a little bit more heat to them than other ones. You know, it's just bred in them. Do they ever do anything to like get them going more? No, they're they're strictly bred like that. They put a flank rope around their hips. You know, I'd say it's just like a belt. Yeah. It doesn't go around their testicles or anything like that. It just goes around the the waist of the bull and it just, you know, it's a, a, a soft cotton rope and it just kind of like, um, you know uncomfortable um, enough for them to just kick yeah yeah. so they have kicks they kick out their back legs you know it kind of just like influences them to try to kick more you know persuades them or whatever but other than that i mean it's all it's all breeding the breedings of all does it ever happen where they open the gate and the bull just doesn't move yeah it's rare but i mean it's (laughs) real walks out it's real riding them like a horse yeah it's it's real rare but that does happen every once in a while or even a bull that does really buck and is known to buck i mean he'll have an off day sometimes and not buck, but there's there's some that just kind of I don't know get stage fright. The gate opens and they're just zoned out. That's, <sighs> like for the the bullfighters though, I was explaining to Matt earlier. Like the way you train, basically, I mean, you got to get on bulls outside of your events, right? To to train. Yeah. Um. I mean, some guys really like they call them practice bulls, which they're just a normal bucking bull, but they're maybe you know a little bit less also less of the caliber. I mean, you don't want to kill yourself. In Exa- practice, exactly. So. You know, um, so some guys really do like to get on practice bulls during the week and, you know, just tune stuff in. Some guys just like to get on the stationary. It's almost like a mechanical bull, but they've made it nowadays where it's just a training tool where it's just, they call them drop barrels. So it's just a stationary barrel that goes up and down and it's for the guy to work on their mechanics, you know? Yeah. Well, and the whole point, it was like, you can still have bullfighters when you're training because it doesn't have to be a PBR, a big event to have bullfighters. If you're training, you still should have somebody out there, you know, trying to save 
the bull rider who's training and anybody else. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Even if it's so, a there's pre- more than just the famous bulls. Yeah. Like, the danger doesn't go away in the practice yeah. pen. You know, it's still it's still real life. It's reality. You know, when you nod your head, it can you can get hurt just as bad in the practice pen as you can at an event on a weekend. So it's it is important to have bullfighters there and you know someone that at least you know is going to try to help you get you out of a situation if you do that's what happens and know their way around bulls exactly do you ever just go to a bar and just fuck up a mechanical bull like, this guy's uh, been on there for, this guy's been on there for 45 minutes <laughs> that's one thing i try to avoid as much as i yeah. can but there's been a few occasions that i've gotten talked into it with a couple uh persuasion drinks had a couple, you'd be a had shark a couple, yeah had a couple pops and just stayed on yeah. the bowl for 40 minutes had and, a couple <laughs> bush apples and i got out there and oh. you know that one's on me hey you got you got pool sharks and then you got mechanical bull sharks who I are just pro riders who just bet the drunk guy in the corner drinking course light believe it or not though some <laughs> of the mechanical bulls are harder to ride than a real bull i promise you oh that is just a myth that no, it that's... just busted right in yeah. front of my eyes. I <laughs> thought it was like I was gonna ask you if there's any sort of like correlation between mechanical bulls. Some, I mean, a little bit, but not really. The mechanical bulls buck so much. Yeah, they, they, they can do whatever yeah, they want. Off based off hydraulics, and they they don't buck like a real bull hardly at all. There's very few of them out there that do. You ever see people get on a mechanical bull and they think they got it, and then the operator just oh, yeah. tosses them? Yeah, you'll get those guys that got a lot of liquid courage in them at the bar, and they want to show off to their weekend hunting. And just throw up all over themselves as they get tossed yeah. from the bull. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of weekend honeys. <laughs> Give them a pat on the back, and away they go. See you next year, cowboy. Which hand is it? Do cowboys or like bull riders do different? hands too is, like, is it their dominant hand or what do you go with or what's the so like, when i rule? So when i started like i said when i started getting on calves or whatever just my parents and stuff uh for me from day one it was just uh when i put what hand you're gonna ride with it's just i've stuck my left hand in the rope and that's what i've stuck with ever since and i'm right-handed for everything else when i played hockey i was left-handed i throw a ball right-handed um, but riding bulls playing hockey left-handed it just feels i don't know it just feels more natural to me ambidextrous Amphibious, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) You talk about, like, you rode sheep, which I didn't think, I thought you were kidding. Mutton busting, they call it, yeah. Yeah, but I have absolutely no idea, so I'm like, I don't know if he's fucking with me. No, no, yeah, that's real thing. What's, like, the weirdest thing you've written, written, like, couple females aside, but what's the weirdest thing you've written? Weirdest (laughs) thing I've written? Oh, I don't know. Probably at the circus when I was little, riding an elephant or something. Oh boy! Oh. <laughs> I was I was thinking like, yeah, this guy had some alpacas out. Oh, of the I haven't <laughs> rode no alpacas or anything. Was but, on a safari yeah. and rode, hopped on a water buffalo. So I was at the Dakota Zoo. Two goats at one time. <laughs> it was Wrap my legs around them, squeeze them together, and away I went. No, I don't know. I don't think I've been on anything too crazy. I mean, besides bucking bulls, that's crazy enough. I feel like. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I've never been on a podcast before. No this brains, first, no headache podcast. First time you, for me. You rode a podcast. Yeah. Hey, you feeling the rush? I'm on the Similar ride. to that eight I'm seconds, on the right? ride right now. Yeah, Weston, I'm a little nervous to be on here. You ride a fucking ton. <laughs> it's like going up and singing karaoke at the bar or something. I get stage fright. Yeah. <laughs> I feel way more comfortable. Put on any in sync song, I'll be up there in four beers. <laughs> I feel more comfortable. I've done it for so long, I just feel more comfortable on the back of a bull or getting ready to get on a bull than being in front of people or talking, but it's always been that way for me, so I don't know. But it's, I'm just in front of you guys here. So Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. we're good buddies now, so anybody good with No Brains, No Headache podcast yeah. is a pretty good person, in my opinion. Might be a little bit biased. You've been riding bulls and other things for quite a long time. So, like, what's the prime age and average career length for bull riders? 
Oh, I'd say in your opinion, their life expectancy. I'd say I'd say when you're getting to your early to mid thirties is probably you know when you're getting towards the twilight of your career. Um, I'd say your late mid to late twenties probably your prime. So most guys shine. Um, there's some there's a few of them Brazilians which they're a different breed, but there's a few of them Brazilians that are pushing forty over forty. That are still riding at a at a competitive level. They're the Tom Brady of bull riding. Yeah, from Brazil. Yeah. How how does Brazil come into the picture? Like, why are they so like predominant? I'd say ninety, probably ninety five percent of them guys that come over, they have nothing. There's all them guys that come over here, they sleep on dirt floors. I mean, their their poverty level's high, and they come over here, and if they can make it over here out of Brazil on the bull riding circuit, and they make it over here, it's an opportunity. I mean, it's life or death for them. And everything, you know, they make over here, just there's a lot of them successful guys. And they just, I don't know, they just got it instilled in them, you know, make or break. They have nothing to lose attitude. Or a lot of some, not a lot of guys, but I mean, some guys over here, you know, they have grew up in a good lifestyle. and They get complacent. Yeah, exactly. Kind of get comfortable with them guys, you know, they just don't back down. And I don't know, they're a different breed. That's all they got. Well, yeah. That's all they have is bull. I I looked up, like, the the rankings, like, oh, this guy made $3.9 million. Jose? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that guy, number one guy in the world. He only started riding bulls, too, when he was 18. He was a semi-pro soccer player in Brazil. He could probably play over here, too, if he wanted to. But uh, he only started riding bulls, and he's 18. And he comes into the finals the first year and wins the finals. And now he's won a world championship, and he's headed for a second one, probably. But... Christ. I think he's riding about 70%, so 7 out of 10 bulls, probably. Every he, 7 out of 10 bulls he's riding. He probably came to America and said, Hey, guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? <laughs> Is there, like, a world record for the shortest ride? Shortest ride? Yeah. Like, I don't know about the, what the record is, but I mean, yeah. Guy comes some, out of the gate and literally just falls. Yeah, there's some point two, point threes out there. I know that. He falls and he's still in the gate. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes just ride the gate out, yeah. ride the bull out, grab the back of the chutes or something. Uh, yeah, I'm just miffed at the whole idea of bull riding. It just terrifies the shit out of me. I mean, it's... It's an extreme sport, Matt. You, you risk a lot. And like like you said, it's a different breed, and I absolutely believe that. Like, no one is crazy enough to do it besides you guys. I Like, I don't think you could pay. That's probably why America is so soft, is it's just... Everyone sucks. That's what, that's we should what, move to Brazil. Yeah, yeah, that's what everyone says about Bora. No, it's uh it's ten percent physical and you know how how in shape you are and stuff, and it's ninety percent mental. I like to tell people it's ninety percent mental and the rest is in your head. But well, let's get into that a little bit. How big is the rush? The rush? Or like take us through? I was down in Deadwood days of seventy six. I have a question about that in a minute. I watched you with your mother. She was very nervous for you, but you got out of there safely. That's what really matters. What's your process? You know your ride's coming up. You're getting ready. You're probably pacing around a little bit, or what do you do and take us through all the way getting on and the ride through and getting off? Yeah, everybody has a little bit different routine, you know, uh, beforehand, stretch, obviously, and uh, whatever, tape up and what you got to tape and um, everybody's a little different. Some guys like to get real hyped up and get fired up about it. Some guys like to stay real calm. And for me, it's kind of trial and error, but I found that, you know, the more calm I stay, the better I do. And uh, just breathing through it, basically, when you get down in the chute and get your stuff ready to go and keep breathing and relaxed and nod for the bull and everything after that's reaction. But everybody's a little different. But for I know for me, it's if I stay relaxed and calm, it usually goes better. 
Do you even hear the eight-second buzzer, or do you just muscle memory? You're like, that's it. Muscle memory, and sometimes it gets me in trouble growing up riding miniature bulls. At, uh, you know, when I started riding miniature bulls when I was eight years old until I was 14, uh, it was always a six-second whistle. Okay. And so uh, when you move up to the next level, that really goes in play because at six seconds, you know, you're wanting to quit. But It's so a long two seconds. Yeah, it is. It is. That's why I always tell people. I said that eight seconds is either, you know, it happens like this, like in a blink of an eye, or it's eight hours, you know. And so, but yeah, it's, I'd say it's muscle memory and, you know, sometimes you don't even know if you made it or not and you did or you didn't, it's close, that close, but there'll be sometimes when you're in real good control of a ride and you can hear the whistle, you know, there's, there's certain rides that, uh, you'll hear everything and, you know, you can hear the announcer sometimes. I know I can when you're riding and stuff, which you probably shouldn't, but I can hear stuff, certain rides. And then in the next ride, I won't hear a thing or know what happened, you know? Well, and I noticed too, watching my wormhole of YouTube videos and then going to check out days of 76, uh, all those guys who are right there from the shoot and the pen, like they're all yelling at you. Can you hear a goddamn thing they're saying? And what are they saying? Yeah, like I said, sometimes you can when you're riding. You can hear, you know, your buddies in the back of the shoots yelling, you know, keep riding or hustle or whatever yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, everybody's got a little bit different, uh, different saying or whatever. But yeah, sometimes you can hear them clear as day. Other times you'll. They'll ask you, oh, did you hear me yelling this or that? And you're like, no, I had no idea at all. I wasn't really focused on you. I was trying to focus on riding this bull. Yeah, I was kind of straight on the truck I'm trying to hold on to. Yeah, this Mack truck. I said, do you want pepperoni or sausage (laughs) pizza? I mean, I got got Domino's on the phone. (laughs) Yeah, so it's crazy. Like sometimes, you know, when you're in the shoot getting ready, you'll pick out and kind of be in the back of your, you know, secondary, hear what the announcer's saying and they're talking about you, introducing you or whatever. And other times it's just all all blurry. You're in your routine. And uh, just goes from there. What's like the worst place that you've had to rodeo, or like a place you're just like not looking forward to go to? Oh man, we don't want to get you in trouble now. Yeah, I know. Probably in Canada. Oh no, I, I love the Canadian events. I haven't been able to go up there for a year, obviously due to all COVID yeah. and stuff. But the Canadian events are sweet. I love those. I always look forward to going up there. I don't know. I don't really have too many. Too much bad to say about anywhere, really. I mean, there's obviously ones that, you know, are bigger and better and, you know, more prestigious and you're more excited to go to than other ones. But obviously being in front of the hometown crowd, whether it's Mandan over the 4th of July at the Priority or Bismarck's PBR in June, that's that's two events I always look forward to just because it's in front of a lot of family, yeah, friends, people that know you. Guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, that's crazy, too, that the fact that, like, you're from Mandan and you're a big deal. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> whatever you guys say does north dakota churn out a lot of rodeo talent or bull riding talent yeah i'd say so um stetson lawrence one of my good friends he's from williston uh he's made the final seven or eight times nathan shopper's a guy that he don't ride no more but he is from out west in grassy butte he made the finals five or six times too some of the guys i looked up to growing up uh then you got other ends of the spectrum uh brad germanson he's a four-time world champion uh prsa saddle bronc rider and he was kind of an inspiration and a role model of mine growing up and helped me out. Um, so I'd say all uh, ends of the spectrum, whether it's in the rope and end, there's always quality cowboys that come from North Dakota, South Dakota, especially South Dakota and the bronc riding. They're known for their bronc saddle bronc riders. Just the, they're known for that. Goddamn right. You got to put North Dakota on the map. Yeah. Baby. yeah. Well, you talked about your friend Stetson, who you showed me a video of him getting hurt and, the fact that he walked away from what he broke his spine. Yeah, I think he broke his C seven. Yeah, he just got up and ran over to the side, and like most people would be, like paraplegics at that point. It, what's the worst injury you've had? 
Worst injury I've ever had actually didn't even come from bull riding. It come from football practice, sixth grade. Broke my femur, snapped it in half. Had internal bleeding, plate and eight screws. Was in a wheelchair for about three, four months, and I had to get my plate and screws taken out on crutches for another month or two. That's the worst injury I've ever had, and I was in sixth grade. But as far right, as- Yeah, let's just note that sixth grade football is more dangerous <laughs> than riding bulls. Let's also note that 40% of this room has broken their femur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joe, Joe Berger's sitting there. He's like, yeah, so I thought my leg was hurt, and turns out I broke my femur. Yeah, I thought I, I thought <laughs> the strongest bone in your body. I thought I had an MCL sprain, he says. He's walking around yeah. acting like nothing. That happened so maybe he's just tougher than sixth grade me i don't know have you have you seen any injuries that are like i mean i don't want to like have like oh this guy died i saw him but have you seen any injuries where you're just like holy shit yeah for sure like i mean not to bring it up or anything but i had a good buddy of mine get killed a couple years ago in denver um mason low he uh he made the world finals five six times he was you know top of his game in the pbr and uh just comes out and just routine ride, you know, bull bull turns back and starts spinning. And he just comes off to the side and the bull comes down and steps on him with one foot, you know, not meaning any harm or anything. Just the bull is just bucking and he fell in the wrong place and stepped on his chest. And but there's injuries you see. And, and that's where the mental part of the game comes into, you know, there'd be a guy right before you, you're next up to go and the guy right before he gets knocked out, stepped on whatever. And he's laying out in the arena for five, 10 minutes and you're going to sit there and you know, you're next to go. And that really plays on you mentally. I mean, I mean that's up there with coming on No Brains No Headache podcast. Yeah. It seems like for you, it's yeah. like uh, between that huge injury and coming on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for me though, bull riding, um, I broke my collarbone. I've had concussions, tore ligaments in my wrist, broke my feet, broken ribs, punctured lung. You know, just your normal bull rider stuff. And from like the limited videos that I have seen, getting like your hand caught in the rope yeah hung up yeah that's what they call it yeah getting hung up i'm learning new things yeah here. learning new things yeah and like do you not just like tear your shoulder out of the socket yeah there's it's rough on you i mean that's where them bullfighters come into play too when you're hung up like that that's where they dive in there and you know a lot of you see it more so now these days than you did back in the old days or anything but like you wear spurs you know to get a hold of that bull or whatever and uh and when you come off, sometimes that spur will get hung in your rope or the flank on the bull, and you're along for a ride then. And then bullfighters nowadays carry carry knives, and uh, so you're the cutting the rope, or they try to put some pressure on you. You know, one bullfighter will put weight on you because a lot of times it'll come loose when they put weight on you. Your leg will come out, or other times they end up having to cut your rope or the, the bull, or the guys in the arena will have to rope the bull and slow him down. You know it gets bad when they whip out the razors. Yeah, yeah. When they're going for their knives, that's never a position you want to be in. I'd rather... 100% would way rather be hung up by my hand than be dragging around by my foot. Because when you're dragging around by your foot, you have no control. When you're hung up by your hand, you can at least, you know, if you can, you can stay to your feet and help them bullfighters. Or you can reach up a lot of times and grab the end of your rope, and it'll try to get your hand out there and stuff. But when you're dragging around by your foot, it's Jesus take the wheel. And I've been there, knock on wood, I haven't been there recently, but I, I've been there more times than I wanted to going through high school and a couple times at some PBR events. What you just knocked on was not wood. Can you grab on that piece of wood behind right, you? Right here. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I knocked on Joe's yeah. femur. I was like, there's not a lot of wood. <laughs> <laughs> Old peg leg over here. Just <laughs> <laughs> a tripod over there. <laughs> so I was down in Deadwood this last weekend. Days yes, of 76 Rodeo. We had a blast, and like you said, no matter what happens, we're going to have a good time. And that's exactly what we did. Joe and JD were both down there having a good time. We're having a good time. That's what we're all about here on No Brains, No Headache podcast. I noticed at the days of 76, whether it was saddle bronc riding or team roping or steer wrestling or, in your case, bull riding, 
every contestant or cowboy or cowgirl, if you will, only got one shot. Is that normal? Like you only got one ride, right? So at some rodeos, um, they'll have just one round. So but they'll, they'll be, you know, it'll be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday rodeo. But you're only ride one time, and they take you know the best score off all of them for the placings out of all three of the performances. Some of them bigger rodeos, they'll have two rounds. So they'll have all these performances, and um, say they take the top ten back to the final day. So you got to be within the top ten scores to come back to the final day. Well, how many how many riders go? Oh, so at a PBR event, they usually take 35 guys and then bring the, the best 10 or 12 scores back to the final round. And then your your uh, placing is based off of a two-bowl score. So your score combined, they call it the average or aggregate. So it's not like you're sneaking into the final and then you have like a two-second ride and you're going to just still go in the top Just because your first-round ride doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to win yeah. the final. Yeah, exactly. So some of them rodeos, yeah, they'll, they'll have a short round, they call it. So they'll take the you know best 10 scores from combined from all three performances and bring them back to that final round and then your placing's based off of the both two bulls you get on your total score and mo- every pbr event usually has either you know a couple long rounds and a short round whether it be a friday saturday event they'll have one long round friday and then a long round and they bring the top 12 from the weekend back to the short round and that's where you want to be but so it just kind of depends the bigger rodeos like the bigger rodeos they always have a short round and then the, most of the smaller rodeos it's just all one round even if they do have, like Deadwood had uh, five or six performances, and it's just one, you just get one shot. So Yeah, they had a lot of theatrics, too, I think they were pretty worried about as well. So it, uh, we got to get the, you know, the Wild Bill Hickok death in there between the bull riding. Right, yeah. <laughs> Bring back old days Deadwood. You've seen Wild Bill Hickok before the rodeo. Before he died. Yeah, right before he passed away in the shootout. R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace. I told these guys we should have got a picture and shook his hand, and then next thing I know he's laying out in the arena, and there it was, shit out of luck. You just left him there. Yeah, rode bulls around him. He got stepped on a bunch. Yeah, he was like the rodeo clown. It's gonna be a closed casket Mm. this year. (laughs) Well, it's pretty gruesome. I think that adds to just how extreme the sport is. Not only is it highly dangerous, but if you really only get one shot, one opportunity at it, I mean, you better not fuck up. Yeah, you only got one shot to make a count. You know, you're traveling. Some of them guys traveling, you know, from yeah, rodeo to traveling. rodeo. Rodeo to rodeo across country. You might be driving all night, 22 hours or whatever, and you got one shot, eight seconds. You might get there tired and just just pulled in to make the bull ride or get on your bull or get on your horse or make your run and the team roping. And you got one shot, and then right from there you get off and you go, go drive another 12, 14, 20 hours to do it again. You run out of marble reds, and it's yeah, just a tough a, night. A literal <laughs> definition of grind. Yeah. <laughs> On the road. Like, I don't know if you know this about me, but I worked 40 hours this week. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them guys say, a lot of them got, a lot of them guys say we're professional drivers and then we just rodeo for fun. Yeah. That's what they say. I made a couple dollars this week. Yeah. Yeah. On the road a lot. More so driving than you're in the arena, to be honest with you. Well, it's, it's crazy that you just probably like, for the amount of time you perform at an event, it has to be the lowest in any sport sporting event because you go there, drive there, you pay all this money, do that, do that, and you literally have eight seconds. Yeah, that's the thing a lot of people don't understand too that aren't familiar with rodeo. It's, it is a professional sport, but it is not like any other professional sport. You're not guaranteed no contract. You're not guaranteed no salary. You pay your own way to get there. You pay your gas. You pay your entry fees. You have to pay an entry fee every time you compete, you know. And then, um, 
Yeah, if you don't ride for eight seconds or you don't place in the top whatever, whether it be a timed event or a rough stock event, whatever, you're not getting paid. So you're, you're guaranteed nothing. It's all based off the performance where these NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball players, you know, they can have a bad game. They can have a bad quarter. They can have whatever, a bad season. And they're still guaranteed their money at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And that's, the, that's what separates rodeo from all other professional sports is you're not guaranteed anything. It's all performance-based. Well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, me, Matt and I, big football guys, love NFL. You played football as well. And the NFL, I mean, they do a good job of spicing it up. But if you think about it on offense, on the offensive side of the ball, you have two options. You run it or you throw it. Now, they do a good job of spicing it up, making it exciting. But that's why I think rodeo, and specifically bull riding, is just that much extra special just because it's you Versus a random draw of a bull, yep. right? You randomly draw yeah, a bull. Computer, yeah, randomly computer drawn. So they put all the bulls in there, they put all the riders in there, and then it's just a random draw, press and, a button. And how, you get, how many and you bull, get one how fucking many, shot. How many bulls are like in the draw? So 35 riders? So say there's 35 riders, they'll probably have, um, they'll probably put like just set 35 in the draw and draw those, or they'll put 40 in. And then the five extra bulls would be called re-ride bulls. So, you know, if a bull falls down, you have an inter, you know an interference, Something happens, he slams in the chute, and it's caused you get bucked off due to that. Then you get called, you get a re-ride. So they'll run another bull in in for you to get on and have another chance. So there'll be like five, six bulls in a re-ride pen a night just for, you know, when re-rides happen. So They should do like a wild card where they just throw like a dairy cow in there. Yeah. And they just yeah. open the gate yeah. and things just... See what, see what happens. <laughs> now we're innovating yeah. the game. Yeah. We're changing yeah, the game. They got wild cow there's milk. A, there's at, a guy in the stall. Yeah. They got wild <laughs> wild cow milk in at ranch rodeos, so we could innovate something like All that. All right, you have to drink unpasteurized milk, and if you don't have diarrhea in the next two hours, you're on to the fights. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. But honestly, that's where the importance of the stock, stock contractors come into play is because you don't want that bull falling down on a rider. You could fucking break your fucking femur. That's yeah. a lot of weight coming down on you. You want a good quality ride. So it is everybody's in it together to get the best possible ride. So I think that's cool. Whereas the other sports, I mean, you only have a few options. You shoot the basket, you throw the ball, you run the ball. Yeah. What, that's, do, you, what do you do? That's what changes so much, too. Every bull's different, you know? You see a lot of the same bulls all the time, but there'll be some you don't see ever or know anything about. But uh, Like, going to an event, is there, like, another sport that bull riders are, like, passionate about? Oh, I don't know. You got your football fans and stuff like that. A lot of the UFC fighters, they come to PBR events, which is pretty cool through Monster Energy, you know, and yeah. the, the same company that owns the UFC owns the PBR, actually. So a lot of the UFC fighters take interest in the PBR, which is really cool. Uh, when they were in uh, Milwaukee, I think it was a couple years ago, a bunch of the Packers players came and hung out there and stuff. So you got a lot of celebrities and stuff coming, but I don't know. I mean, bull riders are, you know, they're passionate about bull riding and stuff, but they like other sports and have their favorite, you know, football, basketball teams, but bull riding is where it's at. I them. mean, like, funny you say the UFC, because the first thing I thought about was, so the first UFC event, they had two ambulances there, and the first two fights, they had to use those ambulances, and then after that, they're like, we don't have any more. Like, what are we going to do? Is that how it kind of is that, like, bull riding, like, they have, I'm sure it's just medical professionals, like, out the wazoo. Yeah, most of them bigger. Like every PBR event, they usually have a sports medicine team that's strictly, you know, um, um, for the PBR, and they go to all the PBR events. And that's most of the rodeos now they're getting it to be where they have sports medicine teams. And if not, there's always paramedics there, and they usually have two ambulances. So, I mean, if something does happen, one will take them if they have to, and the one will stay there. So there's always one on site. I'm sure, like, the, the rise in concussions and shit like that, that I'm 
sure that's just like annoying. Yeah. The fact that like every time you're like rollerblading, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, oh, we got to do a concussion test. Yeah, it's been that's evolved too. There's been um, you know, just like the NFL or anything else, a concussion protocol. You'll do a baseline test at the beginning of the season where you sit down with sports med and you got to do a baseline test so they know when you come in and you get hit in the head or whatever where your baseline is and stuff. So it, it's evolved, which is good. For the sport, and you have to pe- pass a concussion test the next day to ride if you did get dinged in the head or something the night before. So that's good for the well-being, and I think of the future of the sport for sure. We're doing the interview now, not you. What does rank mean to you? Uh rank means to me. We use it in every aspect really of of life, but I'd say rank where it all started from is you know when a horse or a bull really bucks. That's where rank came from, you know. When they're they're rank, they they really buck. Like that's where rank came to for me, I'd say. But we use it in every aspect now. Could you use it in a sentence, please? <sighs> that was a rank sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that goes out to Joe Burton. Grandpa Joe. Are we rank? Yeah, you guys are rank. You can oh, use it, you know, for anything. You think someone's cool or whatever. I can use it another lock, way. Like lock that. that in for a sound clip. Yeah. Matt said that rank means when something smells bad. That too. <laughs> yeah. See, you can use it any way you want. Rank that, that shit smells rank. <laughs> yes. I'm about to rank. You can use it. You can use it any way you want. That bar was rank. You know, that bowl was rank. Oh, it smells say, rank if, in if, here. If you say that bar was rank. I don't know if it smells good or if it's a fucking awesome and, bar. Yeah, in our terms, it's an awesome bar. We use it more so for positive terms. <laughs> positive or negative. Yeah, positive or negative, really, either way. More positive, though. Depends on the face. Yeah. I, I just love how it's, like, thrown around. Like, JD was in here just like, oh, yeah, it's rank. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we use it all the time. Yeah. Every other word, probably. I fish for rank compliments, so. Mm. Oh, I accidentally got one at Country Fest. Jordan was furious. Yeah, it was with it was Lane Berg and uh, Wade Berg, West River Hat guys. They said he was rank, and I was pissed because I want to be rank yeah. at all times. Yeah, and you even got one of their hats, so I did get one of their hats. Shout out West River Hats, Berg boys. Matt, why don't you ask your last question, then we'll get into my last two. Are buckle bunnies a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because what what I know about buckle bunnies is I watch Yellowstone, and that's about my rodeo knowledge is watching a couple episodes watching a guy get taped to a bronc (laughs) (laughs) jimmy you gotta break in this horse why are you duct taping him to me (laughs) this thing's too rank (laughs) yeah yeah to answer your question they are a real thing i'll be i'll be honest with you i saw like a the youtube videos that are going on in the background and definitely just chicks just hanging out there i'm like yeah uh yeah that's a real thing uh i mean i don't know if i hate to admit it or what i mean it ain't ain't my doings but yeah there is it's it's a rodeo version of groupies yeah there's there's girls that like to hang out the rodeo scene and like the rodeo cowboys here's a hot spot nice (laughs) can you get can you get a buckle bunny if you're not wearing a buckle yeah i'd say so you're hanging out with the right crew, yeah. That's not what happened in they, Deadwood. They fl- <laughs> <laughs> you, I, got, I got Deadwood. <laughs> you guys, some, some people it happened for, but you guys must have headed out too early. But I'd say uh, if you're hanging out with the right crew and, you know, and there's there's five guys that ride bulls. and No, I was hanging out with you guys all night. Oh, nothing happened. My bad. I'd say if there's five guys that ride bulls and two that don't and there's seven girls, well, the odds yeah. are going to line up in someone's favor. So it's seven yeah. Jordan, seven. Two guys are sleeping Go into my deep. trailer, grab a bunch of these clothes, You'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you act like you fit in, you know, fake it till you make it. 
already have my Christmas list for this year, and it's nothing but T-shirts, Wranglers, and cowboy boots. Yeah. It's just a, just rank stuff. It's just a link to Boot Barn. Basically. <laughs> He's on the next Boot Barn commercial. Featuring the Cowboy Gordon collection. Yeah, Cowboy Gordon will be in local Western clothing stores in the next two years. On the, on the back of the wooden shoots of the Days of 76, that's where we're going to take his uh, photo shoot. Why do they call it the Days of 76? Oh, I don't know. Is 76, like 1876? I think so. Is when South one. Dakota was founded? Yeah, I uh, believe so. But it, that is a unique venue. I mean, it's all, a lot of days, you know, you know, it's all steel and, and metal and whatever else for the shoots and everything, the whole arena. But Deadwood is a unique venue where the stands, the shoots are actually still wood and all the back pens. It's actually pretty alleyways. nice. It's pretty cool. It's a lot better than that playground we had at our elementary school. It was all wood, just splinters left and right. Oh, yeah, and just get syphilis by going down the slide. Yeah, speaking of that, I did get – I had two uh, two uh, blisters, splinters in my hands after uh, Deadwood because that bull was bucking in the chute before I got out on him, and uh, I got uh, two slivers in my hand. Hey, you messed with – I thought you, you were going to be like, yeah, speaking of that, I got syphilis in Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> that is not rank, partner. <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> yeah. Why would he say that, do you think? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm a fucking hey. asshole. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing. You mess with dead wood, you're going to get splinters. Yeah, probably, or something else. <laughs> COVID, thrown in jail for a fake ID, you never know. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass, but what I do know is... i got two words to say to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, that ain't it. What is it? Cowboy up. How many times have you watched the movie Eight Seconds? Gosh, I don't know. To be honest with you, probably 20, 20 times. 20, that's that's times. a good number. Yeah. Is, right it, there. is there other like cowboy movies or TV shows that are just big hits? Oh, yeah. Like you were talking about Yellowstone. Oh, Everybody Yellowstone. loves that. Yellowstone is so fucking good. Yeah, Yellowstone. I Yeah, it is. I haven't watched a whole lot of it, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, it's like anything else. It's, you know, Hollywood script. Yeah. It's going to have the cheesy parts and not the true cowboy parts, but... There's some good movies out there. Uh, there's a lot of good documentaries starting to come out, and PVR's doing a good job of that, and Pro Rodeo and stuff. Um, a lot when of are they stuff. doing one on you? Uh, right after this podcast comes out, probably. Right after the Chad Isaac documentary? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal in Mandan. That's what Mandan's known for right now, so I think I'm going yeah. <laughs> to put my hometown somewhere yeah. else for a little while. Maybe yeah, Harmon. A... You know, I live out by Harmon Lake, so maybe Harmon, North Dakota. Yeah, that's good. It's, I don't want to be known for Mandan. They're like, oh, okay. you're from that You're from that town where that chiropractor got accused of killing four people. My name's Cowboy Gore, and I'm from Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. You want to talk about Texas Tech, Red Raiders. We're talking about Cowboy Gore instead of Texas Tech. Never even heard of yeah. Texas Tech. Yeah, why aren't you a Texas Tech fan? Why are you a Longhorn fan? Uh, honestly, true story. I was, I don't know how old I was, four or five years old, and I was watching college football, and obviously being a Cowboy and bull riding, I was seeing the Longhorn logo, instantly drawn to it, diehard fan ever since, Vince Young, Colt McCoy days. Now yeah, we've uh, taken a little, you know, landslide, but hopefully things are looking up with a new coach, a new team. Well, yeah, a new Steve, conference. Steve Sarkeesian, yeah. who's, I mean, if you who's s- known for being drunk and being a head coach, so he fits perfect in Texas. Yeah, he's rank. <laughs> <laughs> Used it in a sentence. Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian is rank. This one is for your buddy Mason Lowe. His legacy is rodeo. A cowboy is his name. If you could have a beer with any bull rider, who would it be and why? We'll do a past and current. Past and current? Yeah. I'd say past, probably Lane Frost, just because of the history. And, yep. you know, everybody everybody that doesn't even know bull riding rodeo knows Lane Frost's name, whether it's from the movie Eight Seconds or just hearing about him, but he was an icon of the sport. 
I got killed in Cheyenne when I think he was 25, too. Uh, it was like last week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was agreeing with that, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> look, up, look up Lane Frost. Yeah. He's rank. Yeah. Like and then, Jack Frost. Current, I mean, I've already had beers with him, but it's definitely J.B. Mooney. Just the atmosphere and the lifestyle he lives and the person he is and hanging out with him, you know. I want to have a beer with J.B. Mooney as well. I would say maybe I'd go with the tough beer, have a beer with Tough Heedman. Yeah. yeah. He likes to have a few. I know that. Yeah. I, <laughs> he likes to party. Or what's uh, what was that one bullfighter's name you told me to look up, Joe? The Kamikaze Kid. Yeah, there I you feel go. like bullfighters have to be like best mans in so many weddings of, right. bull, of like bull <laughs> just riders. Like, you just saved my like, life. Like, oh, you saved my life like every weekend yeah. for the last twelve years. Yeah, Rob well, Smets. Yeah, he's speaking of breaking necks and whatever. He broke his neck three, two, three, four times. Three times yeah. for sure. Still kept fighting bulls. <laughs> yeah, whether he's, going back. he's out there in a neck brace, just waddling yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, not healthy. Basically, well, I was telling Matt earlier that those bullfighters, they get voted on by the riders, and you can be a world champion bullfighter. Mm-hmm. How yeah, they brought the, is that? brought the freestyle game back, like the Mexican fighting bulls and them guys, you know. Did you yeah. ever run with the bulls in no, Spain? No, never have I ever. I've never even been in front. I've been around Mexican fighting bulls, but I've never been in front of one. And that's the way I plan to keep it. Because we should we should bring like the Bismarck Mandan, run with the bulls, and just let a bunch loose down Man- Main Street in Mandan and let them go nuts. Yeah, I mean, I've been close to. I've considered them worse than Mexican fighting bulls. Joe's uncle's bulls, Nevada, Nevada, and Grandpa Joe's bulls. They're about triple the size of a Mexican fighting bull and got about triple the horn on them. But before we get into that, that is for another podcast interview. Weston, I want to say on behalf of Matt and I, thanks for coming in, man. This is an awesome conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. First podcast, had fun with you guys. Yeah, look forward to coming back. Yeah, let's do it again. I'm going to use the word rank entirely too much from here on no, out. No brains. I don't even know no. what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It's it gets gross. the people going. It, it, Thanks, Weston. Thank you, guys. All right, welcome to Cleary's Comments this week. Now, that's the segment where we banter about random things. We're coming off a of Thanksgiving weekend. Very thankful for all those uh, things out there, such as binge drinking uh, and hangover cures, you know, so... Uh, really tested it out this weekend. Lots of friends and family usually come into the hometown. Sometimes you're going to the hometown. Uh, you got to check out the local watering hole that you probably have, you know, made a muck at since you've turned 21. Every every Wednesday before Thanksgiving every year, they're like, "Son of a bitch, here we go again." Matt, my co-host over here, how was your Thanksgiving? Did you have a really good Thanksgiving? And please be detailed about it. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, So I, this is the first Thanksgiving, and I don't remember how long that I showed up not hungover. I didn't drink on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and it felt odd, I'll be honest with you. I was feeling a little under the weather myself the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so also uh, woke up thanksgiving like way too early on thanksgiving morning is you know it's like a thursday your body just thinks it's you know towards the end of the week gonna wake up your normal time that's exactly what i did because i wasn't out you know late just shoving the liquor down the old gullet i was indoors taking it easy making uh, some food for the next day and yeah i woke up way too early on thanksgiving like i had to force myself to kind of like go back to sleep for a while you know, football's going to start till 11.30 Central Time on Thanksgiving. What the hell are you going to do all morning? I I kind of was in the same boat. I need. I really didn't need to bring anything to Thanksgiving. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but all I was in charge to bring was bread. 
and did you manage to fuck that up? No, I went to a great local bakery and got some nice buns and brought those. They were a huge hit. That's awesome. Way to support local. Definitely a good weekend to do that. Uh, we definitely encourage everybody to do that. I myself uh, enjoy supporting local every chance I can get, um, even just like restaurants and stuff. Go to the locally owned restaurants. Um, if you're an avid listener of the show, a loyal one at that, you'll know that Matt does not like Applebee's very much. That's because it's corporate America. Corporate America is a bunch of bullshit. So, uh, yeah, definitely try to support local like Matt did. He got the bread for Thanksgiving. Everybody was happy, except for the gluten-free people, of course. But, um, yeah, I decided I was going to make some chicken wings for a little earlier in the day as an appetizer before uh, the true Thanksgiving dinner with all the fixings. And then I also made cheesecake. Now, if you want to pick up some chicks, just make a cheesecake and then tell them that people are so impressed when I tell them that I made cheesecake. I was literally just going to say that's impressive. It's not that difficult. This isn't, you know, this isn't tiramisu. This isn't like anything fancy schmancy. It's it's cheesecake. They have made it before. <laughs> So I'm not, like, breaking down barriers here. Just headline, white male makes cheesecake. It's like, whoa, guys, yeah. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> Jim Nance narrating it. Yeah, I mean, the cheesecake thing, the cheesecake bit, try it out sometime. Um, go make yourself a cheesecake and then tell everybody about it. it. helps that it's Thanksgiving when people are like, oh, what did you bring her? What did you have? What are you preparing? Um so yeah, I brought the cheesecake. Pretty good time, pretty good hit. I I was also under the impression that it was so good that it was gone. And boy, was I wrong. It was just the cheesecake was kind of hidden amongst the rest of the leftovers. So I didn't see it there. I was I was really walking on sunshine after that. I was like, holy shit, everybody ate my cheesecake? Fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And the chicken wings were awesome too. So pretty untraditional. What's your favorite, you know, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Uh, if I had to get a, like a really underrated thing are those little, um, onions that are put on top of the green bean casserole, the crispy ones. Yeah, those are good. Uh, my favorite, I like stuffing. Stuffing is just awesome. I gotta be frank with you. I'm not a fan of stuffing. De I never get it on my plate. Uh, just, I don't know, something I, I don't like. Had a debate the other day. Do you think that that gravy is a dish? Yeah. Some people are trying to tell me that gravy is not a dish because, you know, I was asking them the similar question I just asked you a moment ago, and they said, uh, you know, well, what's yours? And I said, well, gravy. And they're like, ah, that, well, that's that's not a dish. I said, you bet your sweet ass it's a dish. It can go on everything. It's the glue that holds the plate together. I'll tell you why gravy is a dish. It is because it's not a condiment because condiments, they come in like a ketchup bottle or Something like it comes in a bottle. Gravy gets its own dish that goes around the table. This is legit gravy from scratch, too. This isn't out of the fucking box shit. This is from scratch using uh, everything we had from the Thanksgiving meal to make said gravy. And it was freaking delicious. So I'm going to go with gravy. I'm also going to throw another wild one out there. Corn. I'm a big fan of like sweet corn, cream corn. Um, definitely like my biggest serving on my plate that's like not a protein or a meat would be 
uh, just a big old pile of corn. Sometimes like some corn with some salt and pepper just hits good. I, I guess I had cream corn, so if I need to make that distinction, I will. But um, it was some really good stuff. Had to go with that. But let's be honest, at the end of the day, you kind of need it all, all together to work. You need the mashed potatoes. You need the gravy, obviously, with that. You know, hope hope you like to eat meat. If not, whatever. That's your choice. But turkey and ham, gravy on that. I Bun, gravy on that. Well, oh, you dip the gravy. Yeah, you get everything gravy. on your plate, and then you just kind of... Even the dessert. Yeah. What? Um, one of my coworkers, she just said... I was like, oh, how was your Thanksgiving? Like, it was kind of weird. Uh, we didn't coordinate very well. They just told, like, all 25 of us to bring a dish. So they had, like, six green bean casseroles. Nine people brought mashed potatoes. There was no turkey. Five golden <laughs> cock rings. I was like, why wouldn't like you just have like maybe a group text? Like I'm usually not one for family group text because they just go way over the top. But I don't know. It's pretty simple. Uh, most families like already have a group text, so that's like a nice medium to to start with. My family also went with a Facebook event, private event. Invite the family members, and then between the texting and the Facebook, uh, you could kind of update of. Hey, don't bring uh, another fucking green bean casserole because, like, I'm, I'm, I've already called dibs on that. Like last year, it will get thrown in the garbage. Not a big fan of green bean casserole either. Uh, I just like to keep it to the basics, you know, stick to what I know. What I know is the classic dishes. But we hope everybody out there uh, had a good Thanksgiving, depending on when you're listening to this. But we're excited for. Uh, that to kind of be behind us now as we can look forward to December. And uh, we're obviously really excited for 2023 coming up. Lots of no brains, no headache podcast action being planned right now. So definitely stay tuned on that. Obviously, you know, Matt and I, we like to diversify beyond this podcast and we greatly appreciate you listening. However, there will be opportunities out there in the future uh, for some more merchandise opportunities some live recordings. I think Matt and I are going to keep doing that comedy thing. That was pretty fun. People seem to enjoy our jokes. Uh, so we're going to do things like that. Stay tuned. Trust me, once we know everything for sure, we're going to let you know. Uh, it's not like we have an event planner here. You're listening to the event planner. You're also listening to HR, the accountant, and uh, 95% of sales department you're also listening to right now. But... Hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, Cleary's Comments is here. That's a segment where we banter about random things. I see that Matt can't live without something, and I'm really dying to know. I'm going to turn it over to my co-host over here, Matt. Okay, so when you're hungover, and I'm trying to figure out something to do on, I think this was Saturday, and it was real early in the morning, so I like stumbled upon this YouTube GQ series that it was like 10 things I can't live without. Okay. And essentially, it's what they do is GQ, like the magazine or whatever they are, pays or has celebrities come in and they're like, hey, this is the 10 things that I can't live without. And it instantly made me furious and I could not stop watching. What does GQ stand for real quick? Guest Quarterly. Okay. I was trying to find that out. Go on. I, I could be wrong, too. I, that's from that sounds Dodgeball, I think. The publication focuses on fashion, style, and culture for men. 
The articles on food, movies, fitness, sex, music, travel, celebrity, sports, technology, and books are also featured. <laughs> Sounds like Matt and I trying to describe <laughs> the podcast. Yeah, we talk about sports. Sometimes. Also comedy. But also gambling. But also food. But also drink. Okay. <laughs> oh, I got this at the bar. <laughs> we got it's drunk, and they're like, oh, you, did, you guys did comedy, right? And I was like, yeah, we had done a couple shows. And they're like, well, can you tell me a joke? And I'm just like, I can't do it sober, and I'm not going to tell your dumbass a fucking joke right now. It's like, if, if somebody was like, yeah, um, I have a prosthetic leg, I got it blown off in Afghanistan, do you say, show me your leg? No, you don't. You just take their word for it. When when somebody's a comedian or a self-proclaimed comedian or an independent comedian, do us the service and just don't fucking go up to these people and be like, tell me a joke few things the context is way off okay when you're doing stand-up comedy you have what we call modern technology it's a microphone now that's hooked up to some speakers and that allows you to communicate a joke to a large audience and that large audience is focused on you for a period of time matter of fact most of the time they willingly showed up mm-hmm. Okay, they probably bought they tickets. Paid to be there. Paid to be there. Unless you're my brother. So if you're the asswipe at the bar who says, "Tell me a joke," okay, give me twenty five dollars out of your fucking pocket, <laughs> and then I'll tell you a joke, and then I'll take you out back, kick you in the nuts four times, and then I'm gonna rack up some beers on your tab. Then I might bang your girlfriend. Then we're going to be happy. And you're going to regret asking me to tell you a fucking joke, Johnny. Sorry, yeah, go on. Yeah, so it's been a short fuse week. I was driving home from work today, and someone didn't yield the right away, And I was, like, sitting there grabbing my steering wheel. like just white knuckles. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, there is something that is just going to set me off, and I'm going to drive my car into someone's garage door. But this happened on Saturday morning, and I'm watching 10 things they can't live without. And... For example, it's clear that all these celebrities went into it and just sponsored the shit out of it. Because it's like, 10 things I can't live without. My Raycon headphones, or my <laughs> my pulse massager. Tyreek Hill couldn't live without Nerf guns. I actually respect that probably one the most. Or my Cocoa Butter Skin Cream. It's like, okay. And then I came, no one mentions anything of food, water, family, shelter, clothes, and now, besides, like shoes, so Bear Grylls gets up. Oh God! Dynamite answers. He has like insulated clothing, a compass watch, food. He has like a cross because he's like, I need hey, my faith. Hey, Bear Grylls, here's an idea. You wouldn't need the compass watch if you just quit getting dropped off in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah. for fun. <laughs> I'm gonna throw myself out of this helicopter, land in the middle of the ocean. See you in a week. <laughs> yeah. It's like whatever bear i love the well and then he's like i'm gonna things i can't live without he's like my car my suv my e-bike my family no one else mentions their family here's what pierce brosnan they'll fucking hate their families pierce brosnan was bringing two separate pairs of shoes a belt a sketch pad colored pencils this guy like naked half the time (laughs) You didn't bring any clothes besides two pairs of shoes and a belt. I could tell you what he could do with that belt. Uh, tequila and some Bose headphones. So this guy is just running around naked, drunk on tequila, listening to music. Is that what I'm understanding? And sketching something down with oh. his colored pencils. 
Yeah, he's, he's going to go up and he answered LSD as part of the tent. Like, okay, I know what this guy is up to this weekend. He's going to go on a hell of a, a mind exploration trip where he's going to get drunk off tequila, run around naked, listening to Avicii on his Bose headphones. <laughs> and when he needs to come down, coloring book. I... I like I love Bear Grylls like him like going through he's like yeah this is what I would need it's like I love Did anybody mention oxygen nope <laughs> but Bear but Bear Grylls the, and then you got those YouTube videos that are like calling out Bear Grylls for cheating and yeah okay I'm raising my hand for the listeners out there did anybody mention money to buy all this shit nope oh, okay gotcha What's 10 things you can't live without? I don't know. Give me $10 billion and I'll buy whatever else what I fucking need. Um, anybody mention like a shower? Nope. That's honestly, I don't want to just like take all the credit here. I don't want to sound cliche, but just about every morning, especially now that it's gotten very cold in the upper Great Plains here in North Dakota, the upper Midwest, every morning I am just thankful for a nice warm shower. Like, as the water's just hitting my face and I'm, like, trying to wake up, I'm like, oh, gosh, this is... I think I'm just crazy that, you know, like, we take a shower for granted every morning. And it's a great way to especially start your day in a climate where it gets fucking 15 degrees out and you have to go outside. It's like, well, I kind of want to start my day out a little warm. People are like, you know what? If you want to succeed in life, you need to take a 4.30 a.m. cold shower. I'm not going to go down that road right now because I have in the past. Make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss any of those episodes. 4.30 a.m. cold showers, I'm not thankful for that at all. If I took a 4.30 a.m. cold shower, I would follow that up by a two and a half hour warm shower. Oh, I thought you were going to say nap because I don't have to be to work until <laughs> eight. <laughs> yeah. I would take a two hour shower, then sleep for another hour and a half, and then go to work. Yeah, I've been taking 4.30 a.m. showers lately. Oh, how's that going? Kind of hard to fall back asleep for two hours before yeah. work. But I've been feeling the difference. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, if you work out before work, you're going to have so much more energy. You know how I also will have more energy? If I sleep for those three hours before work. Sleep's important, people. Don't sleep on it. <laughs> oh, man, this is fun. Enough! What do you have to talk about? Oh, are you done with the GQ? Yeah. Did you at any point where you're like, why am I consuming anything? Oh, it, yeah, it's like, God, that one pissed me off. Let's go to the next one. It's like when you're like, I'm when you go onto a social media and you're like, I'm just going to post something really quick and then get off. Two hours yeah. later. <laughs> whatever amount of time later, it's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be. You're like, damn it. Oh, I fell for the it. The chick has huge cans. <laughs> what was I doing here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here to uh, post about. Um, some chicks cans. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I one time I was uh, I was in a wedding as an usher, and uh, you know when you're when you're in a wedding, usually you go on like a little bit of a bachelor party, and uh, so I remember we piled into the car for this bachelor party, and I was with a few other groomsmen. Okay, so they they had a little bit more prominent role in the wedding. Although I think everybody here could argue all the males out there who have had a a part of a wedding usher if you have to be part of it usher better than groomsmen yeah you have you literally have to do like one thing for like 15 minutes and then you just get to like go on the party bus so i yeah i was okay with my role uh but we we're on a little bit of a road trip and uh, you know about 30 minutes into this drive um it got a little bit quiet so i saw my opportunity to 
speak up and kind of bring up something that I've been thinking about for a while. And I basically said, you know, I, I don't want to be rude here, guys, but like, why in the fuck am I here right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, and I was simply just wondering why I was a part of this uh, wedding as a simple usher. Um, but after I asked that, I didn't really know what response I was going to get. But basically, all three of those groomsmen looked at me, and they're like, yeah, we don't know why we're here either. <laughs> so I was like, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, made the most of it. It's not like we were all going to, like, turn around anything. Um, but, like, fast forward, you know, that, that bride and groom have been married for quite some time now, and, and uh, they were geographically... In our neck of the woods one weekend. For those of you who haven't figured that out, that's the Bismarck Mandan greater area here in North Dakota. That's where No Brains No Headache is based out of. Uh, so the, the groom and the bride, the married couple, made their way here. And the only way that we found out that they were geographically here was through social media. You know, people posting stories, posting pics. I don't really care. I'm always on social media. I'm always observing. So, like, I'm going to see it. It's half for pleasure, half for business. Like, I'm just always on social media. Not many stories going to get by me. Um, so, I asked the other groomsmen. I said, hey, uh, did were any of you guys contacted at all to maybe grab a beer or just catch up or hang out? Like, anytime I travel to a different city and I know I have friends there, like, I'm always going to text them like ahead of time or like but like right before I get there or let them know I'm there. At least let them know because it's like, you know, hey, let's go grab a beer. Like, And, and, and the, the excuse is I'm too busy. I don't want to fucking hear it. Okay? It's because you woke up and you took a 4.30 a.m. cold shower. We could have hung out then, but no, got to take a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you wake up at 4.30, it means you're probably going to bed around 8.30. So not a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And. Yeah, nobody heard a word from uh, these people, and this is just one example of why marriage confuses the shit out of me. My question is, why would you go through all this and make your friends travel and buy suits and all sorts of shit and hotel rooms and, you know, like food, like food and you got to go buy food when you're out on the road. You got to eat somehow. Why would you make them do all of that? And then you don't celebrate them at all. Like, hey, I want you to be part of my the biggest day of my life. That'll also be the last day of my <laughs> life I see you. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a going away party. I just... I, <laughs> I'm having a hard time formulating words. You know, I'm a single bachelor. I get it. So, obviously, uh, it's a little skewed on everything but i also think that you know everyone has a right to kind of live their life how they see fit i haven't found somebody that i think is a good match to spend the rest of my life with plain and simple right i'm okay with that but when you do and then you're like oh i have all these friends and i want them to be part of my big day and be there for my marriage and that marriage is supposed to last a lifetime right i mean technically speaking we're shooting for a lifetime with marriage or Till death do us part, if that were to unfortunately happen, you know, significantly earlier than you planned. Yeah. So if it's a lifetime thing, wouldn't you want to, like, spend your married life with your friends that were there and drove all the way there and spent all that money to be with you? I, I just don't understand. And it clearly, something has changed. 
Because pre-marriage, we were all friends and we were invited to this bachelor party and mar- and, mar- and uh, wedding. Now, post-marriage, haven't heard a goddamn thing. What the fuck's going on? It uh, gets weirder, too, when they start having kids. It's like, oh, you got your second kid? When was that? Oh, he's 18 months old. I'm like, I haven't seen you in 18 months? <laughs> I'm just tired of being in people's weddings and never hearing from them again. It's like, thanks for know, the invite. We'll never dude, see you again. <laughs> I'm going to, oh, dude, I just thought of it. <laughs> this might be the best prank of all time. <laughs> Destination wedding, and you're not even there. <laughs> like, invite all your buddies and shit. Like, yeah, we're going to Hawaii. Well, no, kind of make it somewhere shitty. So at least like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like, don't like, be like, well, at least we're in Hawaii. No, like Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> like destination wedding. It's like the third world Bulgaria. It's like third world village in like Puerto Rico or something. Like former Soviet. Former Soviet Union. Guys, good news. Flights only cost 4000 one way, but you're going to get there. And then and then they all show up and, and you're not there. And then you're like, that's right, bitch. That's that's for making me drive all the way. You know, you make me drive somewhere. You get to fly across. You get to fly out of the country for my destination wedding. And guess what, sucker? I'm not even there. <laughs> Pull the rug out from underneath you. What they do, do you they, they do that on Scrubs where the janitor just wants gifts, so he invites a ton of people to his destination wedding. And then they all come. And they like get off the plane. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? It's like, it's your wedding. He's like... You came? <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> it's like when I walk into the studio of, in a, it's, of course, it's like we always text each other of, hey, I'll be at the studio around this time. And then I walk in and it's like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Still scares me every time when the door opens and I just flinch. Especially since you're in the middle of cranking one out. But I think we are just, you know, at the age uh, where you just have to accept the fact that you may never see people ever again. Even if you were the slightest bit of friends at any point, I you know what I know a few weddings coming up, and if they ask me to be in it, I'm gonna be like no because clearly this is cursed. <laughs> the weddings I'm in, I just I never hear from them again. What are the chances that you actually stick this one out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's whatever you know. Best friend, new friend, work friend. Not all relationships in your life were made to last forever, Matt. I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Been waiting for this my whole life. I don't know. It's just, it's a very confusing concept. And then things like that happen. And you're like, what, what, what happened? Was, did I not show enough of my friendship through financial uh, investment? We're also, or my time? We're also or taking a whole weekend off to be there for you? Oh, no, I don't ever want to see you again. That's fine. I enjoy my friends. I enjoy socializing. Like, I understand you find your partner and it's like, okay, yeah, you two can spend all the time in the world with each other and probably be just fine and happy. That's the whole point. Then if that's the case, they have a fucking wedding with just you and your parents there. Don't drag everybody else into it if you're going to be a cocksucker after you get married. Uh, I was just going to say we're at that point. Where we're old enough where it's like, you know someone, maybe you're not friends with them, but you're like acquaintances and you know that they're getting married and you're like, eh, I don't know if that's the best idea. And then like five years go by and they're like, yeah, I'm divorced now. And you're like, I knew it. Happens pretty much every six months. You know, once engagement season rolls around, I can see the writing on the wall. I've seen it a hundred times. You just have a bet, a bet board. Just 
Is this one gonna last? Do Just you, have odds. Do you think when they get divorced, they're like, "Oh my God"? From here on out, you keep your distance, all right? Or maybe the reason for them getting divorced is what the fuck? Holy shit, dude! What's the matter? What happened? What's going on? There's so much porn. Your partner finds your porn stash. I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's the reason, or do you maybe maybe they maybe the uh, the groom runs out of maybe that's the reason for the uh you know lack of a lifetime commitment can i float something by you please this is what cleary's comments is made for i think all cop cars should have to be yellow then are we switching uh taxi cabs i mean they're basically dying out anyways but like from now on every cop car you say that from bismarck north dakota go to a bigger city plenty of taxi cabs guaranteed a lot of them aren't yellow anymore though well if they are matt are we just changing them they're grandfathered in so no we're not changing them but eventually it'll phase out why are I, the cop cars yellow so i can see them and then what kind of yellow like is it like a bland yellow like or is it like juicy, a pop and juicy fruit yellow and no other cars unless you're grandfathered in can be yellow so that's just a that's going to be a federal law yep no more yellow yeah, I'll take some of the yellow. Don't get cheap on me. But I I don't want to, like, I hate those cars. You're like, wow, that's a weird-looking car. It's like, oh, it's an undercover cop car that you can, like, see in a certain light that it's, like, coming off. But I don't want any surprises. When it's dark out and you're like, oh, is that a cop car? Nope, it's just a white or a black car. You're getting upset about that. Or the, the vehicles that are the same make and model. They're probably ex-cop, old cop cars that they, like, sold at some fucking auction. Crown and Vicks. They got, yeah, well, those are, like, like Ford Edges. Yeah. Pretty huge around here for our police uh, law enforcement. But they have the spotlight right next to the uh, side mirrors. Any car that has that, you're like, that's fucking cop. You're like, no, that's actually just some pothead teenager just headed to the YMCA for... Or anytime you see, like, racks on top of a car, you're like, nope, that's just a lesbian driving a... Subaru Outback. You can always tell by the lights, too. Because some vehicles have, like, four headlights, so to speak. Like, one up top, one down below on each side. I'm pretty sure you'll have to double check and take notice when you see a cop car coming with their headlights on. I think it's just the top two. So if you see a vehicle that has four front headlights, you can automatically know of, like, okay, that's, that's probably not a cop. Yeah, but I want it to hit me in the face like that. Are you trying to get pulled over or something? No, I just don't want to be surprised. And we talk about government transparency. Isn't it surprising when they pull you over? So don't get pulled over. Therefore, you won't be surprised. Yeah, but I I want to see him coming from a mile away. Government transparency. If a cop car is yellow sitting out in front of your house, maybe don't do any illegal things there. It should be like the ride sharing apps where you can see where all the cars are. And the, but it's cop cars. Yeah. And you're allowed to look at it while you're driving. Yeah. I, I would respect that. You know. It's like, and that w- would really dumb down the criminals. Because if you get caught doing a crime, then you're a moron. I don't like to get too political, but maybe it's time we start, you know, you know, we've done a lot of favors for people. Maybe we start cashing in those favors in the form of changing federal law. Just an idea. And I don't know if you're keeping score at home, but. We've had two politicians on this podcast. They've both won their races and are now state elected officials. What more do you want? Usually we talk about the MBNH curse. Unless it comes to politics, then you're 
You might win your race, Donnie, if you want to come I've on. actually purposely, like, not said a few statements because I'm like, the moment I say, like, oh, we've been doing pretty good in this, it's going to be like, yeah, no, they all died. <sighs> uh, there's a statement right now that I want to say, and I'm, I'm just not going to, but I really want to. <laughs> but I'm not going to. Sometimes you just got to keep it in. Well, dude, we have the NBNH curse, call it a jinx, whatever. Let's just remind our listeners one time when this started. Okay, early days of the podcast, we were still kind of figuring things out, still coming up with fresh ideas regularly, and Matt comes up with this dynamite idea of, okay, let's play a game called Dead or Alive, and basically Matt read off um, a celebrity of some sort, usually a little older in age, uh, just to kind of keep it fresh. And literally, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here, but literally we recorded it a little bit of ahead of time from when we released the episode. And in that amount of time, one of them was alive. And by the time we posted the episode, died. Yeah, Is that how it goes, right? Carl Reiner. Yeah. So when we played Dead or Alive recording it ahead of time, dude was alive. When we posted the episode dead yeah this was probably like how we within the out. first two months of the ep- we recorded on june 27th 2020 he died june 29th 2020 and our episode i'm pretty sure came out june 30th we killed carl reiner he was pretty old so i'm okay with that i'm sure that's how he wanted to go out <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that's the way he wanted it to go what no <laughs> Uh, what else do we got? Am I up? Cop cars? Yep. Okay. You know, cop cars, you know, they surprise you. And I've also been surprised by this thing called ESPN+. Plus. Now, I hate that I'm even talking about ESPN+. Plus. Do yourself a favor right now if you're a loyal listener. Go to the App Store, download CBS Sports. It's way better, and they're not a bunch of fucking pricks. Right? CBS Sports? Is that what you use? Yep. CBS Sports app, you get what you need. What you don't get with ESPN is you don't get fucking anything. I think we talked about this before off air, uh, but you know I'm a big advocate for anything not ESPN. Download CBS Sports. But I kind of caved one night, and I decided to buy an ESPN Plus subscription because I wanted to watch Monday Night Football. Uh, excuse me, it's on ESPN, right? Well, you think you pay for the Plus... Yeah, I just want to watch a little gridiron. You know, I just want to watch the boys 11 versus 11, all 22, Monday night football. Come on down. This is the price. Uh, I'm getting way off, but. <laughs> you can't. You cannot watch Monday night football. Um, so I was like, okay, this is a real dick punch rodeo. Canceled my subscription immediately. They already got my payment information. I'm the sucker here. I'm down $10. If you have $10, I'll, I'll take it. Um, then one morning, I was just like, you know what? I It's fine. I just want to watch some sports highlights. I'm just going to fire up Sports Center. It was on like a Monday, so I was like, sweet. I'll catch all the highlights from the NFL games. It'll be sweet. No, you can't even watch Sports Center on ESPN+. Plus. You can't even watch the highlights. What am I paying for? And how do these conglomerates keep making money when they literally offer you nothing of value, what can you do with ESPN Plus? I'll tell you what you can do. Go. You can watch very low-end college sports. 
okay, that's, you know, I'm a graduate and alum of University of North Dakota. Can definitely check out their men's basketball games on ESPN+. Plus. That's Division One AA, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's... Not even the big show. <laughs> I mean, any women's basketball game, if it's ranked men's, probably not going to get it. Volleyball, you usually get some volleyball matches. Division One Lacrosse. You can get lacrosse. Okay, so you can't really get a whole lot with ESPN+. Because um, how I see it is YouTube pretty much has the same capability as Plus. And YouTube's also free. Well, it can be. I mean, if there's a show that you like, and say you don't have the means or the ability to watch that show live or whatever, literally go to YouTube, type in the title of your show and like the date. And I guarantee you there's like a rerun of that show on YouTube already. Probably from, say it was a CBS show, CBS probably posted it to their uh, YouTube channel. Or like people post it to their YouTube channel. It's like, so this is free, I just can't watch it live, but like an hour later I can just watch it for free. It's You also get like the all the uh, library of E60 and 30 for 30s. Which, I mean, most of them you've seen already, so unless you want to, like, fire up Small Potatoes or This Was the XFL or something. Should, should watch that one, Small Potatoes. Really good one. There's, like, some really good ones that I'll just fire up randomly, but it's always, like, I'm going to take a nap. Can I'll probably just go to YouTube once again and find that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't understand, and then it also makes me, you know, question the the ability of large companies to keep asking you to donate for a donation to a charity so why why do i have to donate to fucking walmart's charity not not what's the reason but it's like as a consumer and you're in this huge fucking supermarket the parking lot is bigger than like any college campus in bismarck (laughs) (laughs) And, and i have to round up my 68 cents no, that is not how it works. And they want the bastards, the poor bastards won't even match it. Here, match my fucking donation. Oh, I'm also a trillionaire. I donated a trillion dollars. <laughs> wow, Walmart was like donating a bunch of land for like a library or something in North Dakota. And Walmart was donating the land? Like the Walton family. And why do they own land in North Dakota? They own a ton of it. It pisses me off. They we need to take down the rich. actually w- one of them is married to someone that lives in Dickinson. I could maybe understand that. Yeah, more, <laughs> I could be a little more empathetic now. But they're like, <laughs> "We'll give you fifty million dollars towards the library." Like, sweet. And then they sent him a check for like five million. They're like, "Yeah, we were just kidding about the fifty million. We can only afford five. You shouldn't joke about forty-five million dollars." <laughs> yeah, uh, we're trying to buy the Denver Broncos right now, and. Nobody wants the Denver Broncos right now. <laughs> oh, Holy dude. shit. The Panthers beat them. That's not surprising. Uh, did the Broncos crack 20 points? No. Have they all year? I don't think. Maybe once. I think they cracked 20 points once this year. Sam Darnold literally did a barrel roll into the end zone. Yeah, Sam Darnold looks like he might have a tish of something. Um, <clears throat> But these big conglomerates, like... They could probably take care of the entire homeless community themselves. Maybe they need to go by uh, Mike from Rust Bros with his motto of people over profits. It's really, it's extremely Canadian of him to say that. 
it doesn't really add up either. Yeah, especially because he runs a small business that just hemorrhages money. Because he's like, you know what? I want fifty grand for this car. He's like, I'll give you twelve. He's like, done. The conglomerates they got rich off the common man. Now they're asking the common man to do their charity work for them. You know, I'm all for capitalism, Matt, but it just seems ass backwards to me. And the next time you're at a corporate company, I mean, to be honest, I'm always like, yeah, support local, but it's like there's just certain things that are out there that you're just going to have to go through a very large company to get. I mean, unless you live in the fucking woods. <laughs> I know some people, but um, I'm, I'm not going to do their charity work for them. I think we should encourage our listeners, don't do it. Just go to a charity and donate your time or money or bake them something or give them some. When you're at the fucking big supermarket, buy some extra shampoo or something and then take that to a charity. I don't know, man. It's just ass backwards. I'm getting really worked up between weddings and capitalism and Walmart. Charity. I'm just really worked up right now. Do you want to hear about my algorithm? It's called a soup kitchen. Yeah, it's it's pretty good now. Um, oh, your algorithm update. Yeah. So this is where Matt tells us what the social media algorithms put in front of his face. What do we have now? Well, I think uh, Zuckerberg's getting mad at me for telling this joke that I heard. It was like, what's better than winning a Paralympic gold medal? Walking. Okay. And so pretty, a lot of my algorithm, a lot of my algorithm right now is... People with no arms or legs cooking food. Dude, I've been getting those too on my thing. pretty impressive. Or dancing. Um, I've been watching a blind guy make food for about a week now. (laughs) Is it the one guy? Is he kind of like scruffy looking? Longer hair. hair. Yeah. I've seen that. Your (laughs) algorithm is now leaking into my algorithm. Do you get the parents that have like 11 kids and are like, we're going to go to the supermarket and show you what feeds our army. And they're like, I think I've seen one of those. And they, yeah, they have like four different grocery carts full. And like their oldest kid is just the ugliest human being I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, like sex is cool, but raising 11 kids, I'm just going to go ahead and say not. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like get it. They're like, it was $4,000. It's like, how do you afford the, that? Let me guess. The mom is a stay at home mom. I mean, apparently they make a lot out of their $900,000 or 900,000 like Instagram followers. Maybe it's like, well, it's like always those TV shows or whatever. It's always like the mom is a stay at home mom. And it's like, that's really saying something when just saving on daycare is actually more affordable than like, going to get a job and sending them to daycare <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like daycare is like what i'm like five to eight hundred bucks a month like i you know i'm all for love and like being nice and whatever not really but like <laughs> Pretty- how much would you hate your home life if you had 11 kids to go home to now let me let me throw you this through that's this why story. my grandma's a saint. what if you had 11 sandwiches to come home to and they all want your attention they need to be fed, and you're trying to fucking sleep, but you can't. What if you had 11 sandwiches? That's his cat, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Yeah, that would be tough, and I can always lock him out of but, places. And that's cats. Yeah. Now, let's, now let's take that a step further. Humans. <laughs> 11 humans. Let's take that a step at, up. At least Sandwich knows where to go shit. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> More often than not. 
I mean, I guess sandwich is kind of like a kid where it's like, you know, in Big Daddy where he's like jumping around and he just stops and just pukes in the middle <laughs> of the floor. Cats definitely do that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, one time I jumped on um, our friend's couch like face first and I landed on cat shit and it almost went in my mouth. I was, that, like, I was like 11. Oh my God. Uh, what else is on my... I would not be having a whole lot of fun. Or, or algorithm. Yeah. Parents... Like, in general, it's like, this is what I cook my two- and four-year-old for breakfast. And she was making straight-up fried chicken. Yeah, the, it's just, it's so interesting that these are, like, such popular videos. Because that means, like, thousands upon thousands of other people are also watching these videos. Which makes it, like, that gives them reason to make more fucking videos. Or, I'm a mom, I'm packing my kids' lunch. Uh, I always eat the crumbs off of the peanut butter and jelly. It's like... Teach your kid to eat the fucking crust off of a goddamn peanut butter and jelly. Matt and I in elementary school weren't allowed to have peanut butter anymore because some fucking kid who was a kindergartner who wasn't even there for lunchtime because they only have half days, whole school, soy butter. How the fuck does that work? I remember, like, yeah, we were like the fourth. The entire school, yeah, soy butter. Fourth or fifth grade. I remember there was, like, a group of us got together and, like, guys, we're going to have to kill someone. We are gonna get together and murder a child. I mean, if it's for this, if it's for soy butter or peanut butter, like it's justified. It was a kindergartner. They don't even eat lunch. They don't even go to the fucking cafeteria. They don't even do anything. Fucking Catholics. Um, the last thing on my algorithm, and I have no idea where this one came from. It's this Albanian guy who just plays Brick Breaker. I haven't seen that one. And he just screams at it. He's like, the whole time he's just yelling in a language I don't know, and I, I'm addicted to it. It's interesting. He's super good at Brick Breaker, and it's it's actually really fun to watch, but then after like two minutes, you're like, what am I doing here? My algorithm is pretty much Instagram models to the point where I can't look at my phone in public. I've been coming across a lot of Instagram models who apparently can just show nipple now uh so i've been seeing a lot of nipples (laughs) i'm okay with it but like well that's the thing about like you put a tiktok up guys i'm trying to donate some blood right now i can't look at my phone because there's nipples you put up a tiktok they're like if you look in the reflection of that picture you could see a half drinking beer so we flagged it you're scrolling through tiktok and some chick's like here's my prolapsed anus and they're like that's good Hey, yo, any, anything... No, to, I'm not complaining. Anything for engagement, Matt. Oh, I think uh, one of our past guests, who's pretty big on uh, TikTok, was like, I think there comes a point where if you're big enough, they just won't flag anything. I am tired of TikTok. It's not even on my phone anymore. I had to make space to download a movie that I wasn't able to download <laughs> for our flight to Vegas, and uh, I took TikTok off. Haven't had it back. Yeah, I think the last thing to go for space for me was Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, didn't they take Scrubs off? I haven't been able to watch Scrubs in a while. Scrubs is on Hulu, if you have that. I thought it was on Amazon Prime Video, and that's kind of my go-to lately. And then one day, they're like, nope, you gotta buy this. I was like, I didn't yesterday. (laughs) What the fuck? I think I have all the seasons on DVD. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm good. God forbid you have to get up out of bed and change the DVD. Dude, Entourage, that show, I have, like, the whole set on DVD, the whole the whole thing, the entire show, and this is, like, way the 
this was way back when in the early 2000s i'm sure where they have one disc for like one episode <laughs> so you literally have to like or maybe it's two episodes per disc it's not very many so your cost like like oh i just want to watch the next episode oh wait i have to go change the dvd i have a i have a copy of pearl harbor that apparently we didn't have the technology at the time that it was so long at one point you have to pop in the second dvd well it's like when titanic came out on vhs two vhs <laughs> yeah or here's a wild one for you do you remember getting a dvd player growing up because now with dvd players you can get them for like free yeah they're but like get, facebook market yeah <laughs> they're like they used to be like 700 dollars when they first came out and then like a dvd was like a hundred bucks I'm still sticking with my million dollar idea that's way outdated. They have the CD players that could put multiple discs in. Now, if we had a DVD player that you could put multiple discs in, it would cure my entourage problem. You know what the first DVD my family had? Beverly Hills Ninja. Snow White. Mrs. Doubtfire. Second DVD we got? Spanglish. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. All wrapped up with the algorithm, man. Yeah. Hey, you can help us in our algorithm if you'd like. Because if you enjoy the show, make sure wherever you're listening that you're subscribing so you don't miss any new episodes. Those are out every single Tuesday. Now, when I say every single Tuesday, I'm not just fucking saying that. We've literally put out, like, I don't know, Matt, 75 straight episodes every Tuesday. They'll be there on your queue. So if you're subscribing, uh, you won't miss it at all. There's all sorts of platforms out there. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Cast. There's just so many. The one I want to talk to you about right now to our loyal listeners of No Brains, No Headache Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast. So for whatever reason, Tim Cook and those bastards over at Apple have the monopoly. Uh, wait, is Tim Cook Google? No, Tim Cook's Apple. Um, they have the monopoly on podcast reviews. Now, Matt and I don't really understand why, but that's like the only place on planet Earth that you can give a podcast review. Am I, am I correct in saying that, Matt? Uh, essentially, yeah. So what you have to do, because you have an iPhone more than likely, or maybe you know someone, just hop on theirs, borrow it real quick, they don't care. Go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Scroll down a little bit, you'll see, um, you get past our episodes, you'll start seeing a spot to give us a rating. Now, there's where you start. You give us a rating of one, two, three, four, or five stars, whatever you see fit, and then just below that is a little spot called Write a Review. Now, we would really appreciate it if you went and did it, uh, mainly because I've been asking for so long, and uh, I, I just, where are the results, you know? You know, the best way to support a small business is just writing a review. Whether you like it or not, No Brains, No Headache podcast is a small business. Second best way... Tell your friends or family. But talking about the first way, we got some reviews on the old Apple podcast, ratings and reviews. So I want you to follow in the footsteps of these fine people. Give it a catchy title like this one that says, Love them. They gave us five stars. Colt's Goat said, Love these guys! Exclamation point. Must tune in! Exclamation point. Uh, so took them about, I don't know, 30 to 60 seconds. Um... And then we really appreciate it. We'll read it on the air like we are now. Or you can also follow in the footsteps of Tisha77. They said rate as their <laughs> title. Hey, I'll take it. Five stars in all caps. Wow. 
in normal lettering, amazing. So pretty much awesome. And then we received, uh, this is our most recent review uh, within the last two weeks here. Um, this gentleman by the name of Last Row Lopez. He may have been on the show a few <laughs> times, so a little bit biased. But title is My Taint Grew Seven <laughs> Inches. Five stars, of course. Last Row Lopez said, This is honestly one of my favorite shows. Who would have thought it would come out of a state with more cows than people? Anyway, I was suffering from LTS, low taint syndrome, until I heard about these guys. Now, 69 days later, my taint has grown powerful and extends to 7 inches. Love them. So, if you want, you can leave us a review, uh, just like Tisha77, just like Colt's Goat, or even like Last Row Lopez. That's over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, no matter where you're listening, uh, make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss any episodes. So Matt's algorithm is full of uh, disabled people making food. Well, the podcast algorithm can be helped by you, our loyal listener, by leaving No Brains, No Headache podcast a review. Now that we got that all figured out, we got an interview coming up right after this. Now, we, we may have recycled this interview. And the reason we did that is because... Well, things get busy in life. Like I said, we've probably put out like 75 straight episodes. This would be our 132nd episode, and we have yet to really recycle any of our audio up to this point. So Matt and I would deserve just a tish of a break coming off the holiday weekend here, and we got our interview uh, with Weston Hartman up next. Now, Weston is a native of Mandan, North Dakota. We became friends with him about, I don't know, about two years ago. Uh, he's been an awesome guy. He's a professional bull rider, and uh, he, yeah, he hails from Mandan, North Dakota. He told us all about uh, the rodeo life. So, Matt, real quick to preview our interview coming up with Weston. That was it. Was originally episode sixty four, recorded on August tenth, twenty twenty one. What did you like most about the interview with our boy Weston? Going into it, I was kind of like blind to anything rodeo. And pretty sheltered from the rodeo lifestyle. And I had a different expectation in my head that is going to be kind of like rough and like, but no, Weston's a real well-spoken, super good dude. And he was really entertaining. So I was like kind of the best of both worlds. I was like, I went in there with a completely different expectation and it just kicked that to the curb. And it was an awesome interview. Yeah, it was almost like the guy had like media training because he answered our questions so well. Um, it's really fun. It's entertaining. You're going to listen to it in a minute here. And, yeah, we just had him on for a really good time. Kind of paid tribute to all the, like, the cowboys out there and, uh, and, and cowgirls. And cowgirls, excuse me. I don't want to don't wanna discriminate as a sexist here on No Brains, No Headache podcast. Um, and we just wanted to learn more about the rodeo life. And... There's there's laughs. There's also some really low points in the interview. So I think you're really going to like it. Um, if you want to listen to the original for whatever reason, once again, that's episode 64. Uh, we recorded it about, give or take, 18 months ago, depending on when you're listening. Um, so let's get right into it. You'll hear right away that he's nervous. A guy who rides bulls, he's nervous for his interview with No Brains, No Headache Podcast. Here it is. Our interview with Weston Hartman. Championship. Time for Mini Helmet Fantasy Football. We're going to go over the Week 12 results and then pick our lineups for Week 13 of the NFL season. 
how Mini Helmet Fantasy Football works is we got the magical sock here with all helmets representing all the NFL teams, and we pick them out at random. We always take out the Monday night games and buys, of course. And then you got to make your roster of QB, uh, running back, wide receiver, tight end. It gets to be pretty juicy sometimes. Sometimes you get in some pretty uh, tight spots, but you got to make your way out of it. I'm here with the creator and the commissioner of Mini Helmet Fantasy Football. Now that's Matt Cleary, also the co-host of the show. You heard him earlier. He's here. Uh, Matt, I was winning four matchups to three going into this week because we had a few uh, logistical errors to start the season, so we got a late start. Uh, but I was up four to three. Now I was on a two-game winning streak. I want to know, does that winning streak continue? And let's break it down from an analytical standpoint. So quarterbacks, I had Jared Goff, you had Dak Prescott. Okay, both played on uh, Thanksgiving. Goff, 17.6, Dak, 16.8. So pretty much a wash Pretty there. much a wash there. Uh, we'll skip around uh, wide receiver. Okay. I had Chris Olave, 8.7. You had Debo Samuel, 5.8. Debo, just disappointing. Yeah, so I'm up like about two points right now. Okay, I have a feeling I know where this is going. Uh, we go to the tight ends. Austin Hooper, 4.5 for me. Ian Thomas, 3.1 for you. So I'm up about four points. Oh, boy. I think I know where this is going. Uh, my running back, Travis Etienne, 0.3 points. Injured almost immediately. Your running back, Rahamandre Stevenson, 15.7 points. You win by a healthy 10 points. I I always forget who my who's on my team, by the way. I forget my lineups almost immediately. The way you were teeing that up, I was like, wait, did I pick Josh Jacobs as my running back who just, like, went off? He's been going off a couple times, but when you pull off an 86-yard overtime winner, that's who I was hoping it was, but I pull out the victory here. I go three games in a row, three weeks in a row now, and now I have a 5-3 to three lead on that. And it's just I, shocking because I'm actually, you know, notoriously bad at fantasy yeah. football as of late. Uh, I just scored the second lowest in league history. Not to one-up my week last week of only scoring 19 points. Are you keeping, like, a side spreadsheet of, like, the all-time points here? Or? Uh, I have them all written down, and I went back and looked, and 19.22 points is going to be almost impossible to beat. This is with four position players, okay? Yep. So, so like, how it worked there was you, you know, you pick a team, and then... You have quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, but obviously once you choose that person for that position, you're locked in. And sometimes you, like quarterbacks and tight ends are definitely the most volatile because it's like, do I get a shitty team with a shitty quarterback or do I get the good tight end or does, yeah, the quarterback usually makes or break it. And there we had an interesting one. I'm in a tough spot for running backs. My last two weeks, I picked Daryl Henderson, who got less than a point and then got cut yeah, immediately. Say, not even on the team anymore. <laughs> yeah, got, got cut at halftime, and then I had Travis Etienne, one carry, three yards, cut. Championship. That's what that sounds like right there. But uh, let's get into our week 13 picks. Uh, winner goes first. So I got my, I got the matchups here. I have the depth charts here. Earlier in the season, I had quite a doozy. Actually, and then rules do state. Um, you can plug the fullback in as your tight end. I've done it once. He got like five yards. So he got more than both my running backs the last two weeks. Fantastic. All right. First pick, mini helmet, fantasy football, week 13. 
and I get the Denver Broncos. Can I pick their defense? We know they're not going to crack 20 points. Hell, the Panthers just beat them, Matt. What do you think about your Panthers uh, beating the Broncos? Do you see that one coming? Did you know it was going to be a terrible game? I'm still like one of those guys that are in the like the field of hey the broncos on paper should be good so maybe they'll turn it around one of these weeks and they digging themselves quite the hole and they just don't like you have a lot of options just none of them are very good yeah if i were you i know who i would go with but so the broncos they currently are three and eight at the time of this recording uh, post week 12 and they play the ravens um Judging by how bad the Broncos are, they're going to be playing from behind. And I know that Carson Wentz has more uh, touchdown passes than Russell Wilson this year, and Carson hasn't played in like two months. But I think he's going to get one on Sunday. This is a really tough pick, but is he going to hand that ball off? They seem to keep doing that. No, I think Russell Wilson is going to at least find this guy for one touchdown and play from behind, a lot of targets. Just give me Cortland Sutton. Uh, really tough pick here. I wanted to go just just tight end just to like basically move on with my picks. Watch, I'm gonna choose like yeah, I'm gonna get like the Raiders with Devonte or something after this. Ooh, we got the 49ers. I feel like I, they get picked quite a bit, but there's really not that many teams in the NFL, so I gotta stop saying that about every pick. Uh. I'm going to go with... So the 49ers for Week 13, uh, they are definitely got a win to keep up you know, the, the good vibes as of late. And Miami is going to San Francisco for a Sunday afternoon game. you got the ex-offensive coordinator and a few ex-players coming back to San Fran. I'm going to go with CMC. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey seems to be a good pick. Such a high-powered offense. Classic saying of a lot of mouths to feed. And it's true, especially when they score 13 points against the Saints. And it's like the most boring game ever. Then Elvin Kamara on your actual fantasy team fumbles twice. And then you can kiss the playoff hopes goodbye. I got the Atlanta goddamn Falcons. Um, Yeah, just give me Corderell as my running back. I really don't. I really don't don't care. (laughs) I don't know. I hope he figures it out. Okay, let's see what we got here. I got, and of course, you got. I better get some really good picks here. <laughs> oh, the Ravens. All right, we got the matchup: Broncos, Ravens. We got to have some players in there. Um, I will take Lamar. Probably, a, probably a pretty good pick. Can't complain with that. I don't know what else to say, so I'm gonna pick. Not a whole lot of commentary here. Yeah, pretty. I'm pretty upset about my team already. That's usually when you have the best weeks, though. Okay, you got you got the Patriots here. Um, ah, just give me. You know, he, I think he's gonna get another touchdown this week. Give me Hunter Henry. Seems to be the the tight end to go to up now. See people, I'm leaving my quarterback up to chance here. But my choices were Russell Wilson. Marcus Mariota and Mac Jones. So, <laughs> so far. not a lot of choices. I got the uh, Cowboys, and I'm gonna go with CD Lamb Chops. See, like on paper right now, I have Broncos, Falcons, Patriots players. You have Niners, Ravens, Cowboys. It's looking like a landslide. My team, my teams, 400 feet of shit. Your teams. Yeah, 
Not great. I need a really good quarterback here. Where's that Kansas City at? I'll take Geno. I'm not upset about that by any means. It's not great. Uh, Geno and the Seattle Seahawks. They have a game against the Rams. Seattle at L.A. Afternoon game. Matt is just looking <laughs> in the secret sock. I need to shuffle that around a few times. Oh, there's, that's what I wanted. I got the Chiefs, so I'll go Travis Kelsey. If I don't win this week, I will take all fucking 17 of those shots behind me next week. I'm glad that I have a two-game lead here. Five to three, Jordan over Matt. But it's it's looking like week 13. It's going to be a battle. So my team is quarterback Geno Smith, um, running back Cordero Patterson, wide receiver Cortland Sutton, and then tight end Hunter Henry. You know, it's good, not great, I would say. I got quarterback Lamar Jackson, running back CMC, wide receiver CD Lamb, and tight end Travis Kelsey. Yeah, looks it sounds a bit better uh, on Matt's end with the mini helmet fantasy football. So make sure you tune in uh, next week to obviously hear the results of week 13, and then we'll pick our week 14 teams as we've been known to do towards the end of the show. And, and that's right now is what I meant. Right now, yeah. right now is the end of the show. And make sure to follow us on social media at MBNH Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Like Jordan said before, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can follow along on Spotify. Got some fun stuff coming up in the next couple weeks. So 133 coming up next. Nailed it. This is a freestyle off the top of the dome. Here we go. And I do it again, 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 again. I do it only once. Again, 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 again. I do it only once. I go down that river slow.